Tonight, a senior Hamas leader is dead amid serious concerns the war in the Middle East is about to get bigger. Sally al a top official in Hamas's military and political wings, killed in Beirut. Hamas says the leader was killed by an Israeli airstrike. Israel, however, is not taking responsibility. And this is all happening as Iran has dispatched a naval destroyer to the Red Sea. Tensions there escalating following a series of attacks by the Iranian-backed Houthi militia, including against the United States. And now the U.S. Navy has killed Houthis for the first time since this conflict broke out, sinking three Houthi boots at boats, rather, after being attacked in the Red Sea this weekend. Orrin Lieberman is out front tonight. So, Orrin, the U.S. really getting drawn further and further into this conflict. Iranian involvement clearly evident. What is the U.S. going to do next? Erica, the Biden administration's position is they don't want to see a regional escalation. They don't want to see a widening of the war. But clearly, it's not just up to the U.S. to make a unilateral decision in this case. The events we've seen over the course of the past couple days make a widening of the war and escalation a growing possibility. Not only, as you pointed out over the weekend, the U.S. military and U.S. attack helicopters sinking three Houthi-fast attack boats that were going after a commercial vessel and killing the crews of those for the first time since the war, but also now the killing of Salah al-Aruri, a senior uh, Hamas militant, in Beirut. So the U.S. has to watch all of this. The U.S. does have the backing of an international coalition in the Red Sea, and that gives it essentially some weight here in its actions. The U.S. monitoring that Iranian Navy vessel that's in the Red Sea. From the U.S.'s position, it is an international waterway, a critical one at that. So they're allowed to be there, but the U.S. military will keep a very close eye on them as it watches where this all goes. For the killing of Salah al-Aruri, who you saw there with the Ayatollah, the leader of Iran, We've seen promises of revenge and condemnation from the Iranians, from Hamas, Hezbollah, and even some others. The question now, of course, what do they do? And they have a number of options, all of these Iranian proxies. Attack U.S. forces in Iraq and Syria. Go after U.S. vessels in the Red Sea with the Houthis there from Yemen. Attack Israel. Iran doesn't really see much of a difference between the U.S. and Israel. So these are all possibilities that we have to watch out for and that the U.S. is watching out for. Now, as you note, Israel hasn't officially taken responsibility for the killing of Salah al-Aruri in Beirut. Israeli officials have been a bit coy about this, but it is worth pointing to this tweet from Danny Danon, a current member of Knesset and the former Israeli ambassador to the U.N. He said on Twitter, I congratulate the IDF, the Shin Bet, the Mossad, and the security forces for killing senior Hamas official Salah al-Aruri in Beirut. Anyone who was involved in the October 7th massacre should know that we will reach them and settle the account with them. So, Erica, pretty clear there. It's also worth remembering that Benjamin Netanyahu promised Israel would go after Hamas leaders wherever they are. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, Oren, appreciate the reporting as always. Thank you. Out front now, retired Army Lieutenant General Mark Hurtling. Uh, good to see you tonight. So let's pick up right there where, where Oren left off, the senior Hamas leader general who was killed by this strike in southern Lebanon. Also a longtime military political leader in Hamas. Yeah. How likely do you think some sort of retaliation is in the next 24 to 48 hours? This is what uh, Oren's reporting, first of all, Erica, has fin was phenomenal. But this is the kind of thing that the Biden administration has been worried about. They have been trying to repress any kind of expansion of this conflict. And this strike in Beirut uh, against a Hamas leader is, is not going to help that at all. You also have to consider that the Hezbollah leader, Nezrallah, has said that any strikes inside of Lebanon by Israel, uh, especially in Beirut, will cause serious repercussions for the Israelis. This is the Hezbollah leader. What Israel has been trying to do is not allow this to come into a multi-front war, but we're already seeing that. They are fighting hard in Gaza. 
they are they have been fighting hard in northern Israel against the uh, Hezbollah uh, terrorists coming out of the southern uh, Lebanon. They've now struck in Beirut. In Beirut. They've had these uh, missile attacks from Yemen. We've seen uh, PMF forces in Iraq and Syria continue to try and attempt to influence this operation. This is a this is a tinderbox right now, uh, Erica. Uh, and, and as we look at this tinderbox, too, as we look at the broader region here, the Iranian naval destroyer now heading to the Red Sea, days after the U.S. sunk three Houthi ships, killing all on board. Can the U.S. at this point avoid getting drawn in deeper? It's, it's going to be challenging. Uh, it, it's going to depend on what that uh, Iranian naval vessel does in the Red Sea. Uh, that, that, those are international waters. There's a lot of transportation and, and uh, uh, elements going through that that are non-combatant. Uh, you know, the strike against the three Houthi rebel boats that tried to attack, attack the Maersk carrier the other day is an indicator of what the Iranians are attempting to do by putting a naval destroyer in this area, confronting an entire carrier uh, strike group from the United States is just, it, it, it has the potential for explosive activity. And, and it's going to be very dangerous. The naval forces in that area are gonna to have to watch their step and be very careful about what they do. Um, I'd also like to get your take on what we're seeing in Ukraine. I mean, this really astounding number of Russian missile and drone attacks on Ukraine, at least 500 over the past five days. That's according to President Zelensky. We know at least five people killed today, at least 53, the number stands at now, killed from Friday's massive attacks. We are nearly two years now into this war. How do you read the message that Putin is sending to Ukraine? Well, first of all, from the tactical perspective, what Russia has been trying to do is, I'll use a basketball term, flood the zone. They are trying to put as many missiles in the air as they can, and they're all different types coming from multiple directions and multiple platforms, air, sea, and ground. Uh, they are some of the, the types of missiles. Uh, the, the hypersonic missiles are very uh, advanced, uh, but Ukraine has been very successful in shooting most of them down. Today's uh, activity, Ukraine was very successful. But what I would say is two things are happening. First of all, is Russia is continuing their strategic approach to try and affect Ukrainian uh, infrastructure to make it a harsh winner for Ukrainian citizens to continue to say, even though the United States and others may be balking, we're still going to attack Ukraine. And what's happening from the Ukrainian side is they just don't have enough air defense to cover everything. You know, air defense are points weapon systems, Erica. That means they have to be placed in a location to guard a specific target. So that means you can't defend everywhere. So the reason Russia is attacking so many different targets is they are trying to figure out where uh, Ukraine is soft and where they have their defenses. Mm. And I think that's going to continue on for the next couple of days. Uh, and it's, it just shows the importance of the United States uh, getting the Congress back and passing this bill, which will give uh, uh, more ammo and arms to Ukraine during this period of time. This is a critical period. Lieutenant General Mark Hurling, always appreciate your insight. Thank you.